0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and we hope you enjoy. We are continuing in the series in Philippians and um, this is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. This is a very unique passage. We're going to finish up chapter 3 in Philippians. But in this chapter, Paul says something that's very interesting. Are you guys ready to dive into this? Do you guys want a quick dad joke? Yes. You do? Okay. This is such a dad joke. Okay. How come they didn't let Jesus into the jewelry store? Because they were nervous he was going to break every chain. So, oh, so bad. You guys asked for it. You asked, it's your fault. You're right. <laughs> you You asked for it. Okay, so here's what happens. Paul gives us, he gives the readers, he says, hey, there's one thing I put all my focus in, all my energy towards. And then he tells the people of the Church of Philippi what that one would be. And I wonder if us, if we were at the end of our life, if we just had one nugget of advice, maybe you're young in life, maybe you're middle, maybe you're towards the end, and you think, man, I've lived all of this life. If I was going to say, here is my advice for your life. Put all of your energy, strive toward, try to seize and run after this one piece of advice. What in the world would you say? What would you say to your grandkids? What would you say to your nieces or your nephews or your brothers and your sisters? What one piece of advice would you say? Are you guys ready to hear what Paul said? It's very interesting. You might not see it coming. Okay, we're going to start in chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. It says this. Paul is saying... I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to to possess the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He's saying, I want to be all that Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. Verse 13, he says, No, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Say one thing: Forgetting the past getting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead the english standard version says straining forward to what lies ahead verse 14 i press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which god through christ is calling us today's message is entitled keep the progress and ditch the past Keep the progress, but ditch the past. Paul is saying here, like, guys, I am not perfect. I have not arrived. I have not achieved this great spiritual plateau. But he's saying, I want you to know God. And he's still at work within us. So here Paul gives us this piece of advice. And I almost wonder, like, is this a Is this a misprint? Like It's so strange that the one thing that Paul strives for, the one thing that he puts his energy in, is to forget the past. Doesn't that sound odd to you? It sounds strange to me. But I look at it, and I think the reason it's so critical is because holding on to the past, dwelling in the past, will hinder your progress that God wants you to achieve. He's saying, Jesus, I want to be all that you want me to be, that you called me to be, that you saved me for. I want to be that. And Paul knew that in order to cross that finish line, in order to make the progress that God had him on towards, he had to forget the past. That is a very interesting idea. And I think about some of the things in my past. And I think about like looking in the rear view mirror. Maybe you're waking up at night and you rehearse this situation and it robs you of your sleep. Or you're getting ready and every time you think of it or a song triggers it or a situation or maybe a season, it triggers this and you kind of relive this past. If you were to drive in your car home and you kept your eye on the rear-view mirror. (laughs) How safe would that be? (laughs) That is not good advice, to drive forward looking backwards. And I think about that there's, there's a lot of people that have hurts and heartaches. Because the thing is, is we all have past regrets, right? So today, I brought some luggage. Yep, you knew it. Here we go. Here is past regrets, right? <laughs> and for some of you, you have some heavy luggage. As a matter of fact, your luggage has luggage. You're so burdened down. You've got bags and bags of just stuff. And you just like, there's a lot of stuff in your past. Because we all can relate, right? We all can think about things that we say, ah, I wish I could go back in time. If I had to do it again, if I had that conversation with my spouse, I wouldn't have used that word. Right, men? (laughs) I would have rephrased that differently. (laughs) Or, man, you know what, if I could turn the clock back and if I could have not gone on that trip, that would have really made an impact in my life, or if I could go back in time and not go on that date, or not buy that thing, or not go with those people. I would have chosen different friends. Whatever that would have looked like, your past has regrets. And some of you, maybe you look at your past, and you're reminded of the good times in your life. You're reminded of that season that was so wonderful. You had finances, and your kids were healthy, and things were good, and it was just such a beautiful time. And so you're, you're now in your present circumstances like Danielle was talking about, but all you can think of is how good you used to have it. <laughs> it's looking in the past. And Paul says, hey, you have to press forward to the heavenly call that God has you on. That is hard, and that's what takes effort. That's why Paul says, I put my energy and my focus on this one thing. He could have listed a whole bunch of different things. It would have made sense. It seems like in my mind that he might have said, you know, keeping, keeping my passion towards Christ first place or loving God or caring for the orphans or the widows. Or sharing the good news about Jesus like that would be like a thing that he would put most of his focus on most of his energy but instead he says you need to forget the past I work hard each and every day to forget the past and some of you that's hard there's major brokenness there's trauma there's divorce and there's people who have hurt you and you have emotional wounds and you could say, you know what, I would be different if this person didn't abuse me. And you have bitterness, maybe you have some unforgiveness that, you're, that you look back and that you're holding by. And you, you keep a, a view of the, of the mirror of life and you're looking, you're looking forward at you still can see the future, but you're also very mindful of the past. It's, a, it's okay to look in the past to see the progress you've made, to see how far you've come. But Paul's advice is this, look ahead. So just to bring a little fun to this, are you guys ready for this? I've invited two people, Haas and Drew. Come on up. They are going to have a contest. Give them a hand. I'm glad you guys wore your jeans and your plaid. You got the right, you got the right track suit. Okay, so... Um, Drew, you are going to represent the person who does not follow Paul's advice. You are going to be burdened by your past regrets, by your struggles, and by your stuff. Oh, this is, this is a fun one. This is, this is shame and unforgiveness. Go ahead and strap that on. Oh, how's that feel? Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got some weight to it. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to take this luggage here. Let me zip this up for you. Um, and you're going you're gonna to go ahead and start on this side of the stage. There's a little tape here. That's going to be your starting point. Okay. Now, Haas, you're going to start over here. And at the same time, you're going to race down the aisles. You're going to come towards, and then you're going to finish right here at this line. But you also have to look. you got to use the rearview mirror to look in the past, too. So we don't, we don't condone sports betting, but who do you think's going to win here? Do you think... <laughs> Is, would your money be on Haas, raise your hand, or Andrew? He's got a chance. He, he's got a chance. Okay. Go ahead and take your, take your starting lineups. Take your lineup spots. Oh, boy. Here we go. And just to make this super legit, I've, I've created this delightful s- slide here for you, okay? Okay. On your marks, get set, go. Okay. You know what? Drew's not doing very bad! Oh, oh, oh! Very well done. Give him a hand. You can leave that all there. Good job, good job. Okay, Drew, just, yeah, just go ahead and unburden yourself here. I'll take this. Thank you for not breaking that. That's my wife's. She would miss that. Okay, uh, so just a couple questions. How was that running? That was awful. It was awful. Yeah. Would you recommend somebody who's going to be running a race to go ahead and drag the baggage? I mean, if you want a challenge and you want to be suffering, <laughs> suffering. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So your advice to people is to ditch the past? Oh, definitely. Okay, good. Give me a hand. Good good job. Good job. See as leaders of the church, we see the heaviness that people have in their lives. Like, it's just a part of my life, right? This is kind of like my job. And I see the past pain because it comes out. You know how it comes out? It comes out in your stories. It comes out in your stories. Susie said something so interesting. She says, I got to the place where I knew I forgave the person and where God healed me from my past when I stopped having to rehearse the story. I would meet somebody and I'd tell them why I am the way I am because of how this person hurt me. And it's impossible for you to go on in life and not experience hurt. Chances are I'm going to hurt you. You're going to need to forgive me. We have people in our life who intentionally or unintentionally hurt us. And forgiveness is a huge thing. It's like didn't you feel bad for Drew? Like, I imagine he wants a rematch, right? <laughs> like, I feel bad for Drew holding all of this stuff and looking at life, kind of trying to navigate, but just being so in tune with the past tragedies. That is hard. And that's why Jesus came to break those chains. He says, I have empathy towards you. I have great compassion towards you. I am going to pursue you even though you're not pursuing me. And I'm going to show you the love and the grace and forgiveness. You don't have to carry your baggage. You can ditch this. You, it will take effort, but you can forget the past and move forward. But it's hard to forget, right? It's like, oh, just... (laughs) is so easy. You want to be healthy? Eat good food and get sleep and drink water, right? So easy, but really hard because there's cheeseburgers that are all around and pizza and it's really delicious. But Paul had a lot to forget. You think about Paul's life. Oh my goodness. He was beaten. He was abused. He was left for dead. He was wrongly accused of crimes. He is writing this in prison, and they have no, I mean, it was, it was unlawful for him to be in his situation. Like, he didn't deserve this. And so he had a lot of people to sort through forgiving. That must have taken a lot of time. A lot of time. And also, man, he did a lot of damage, If you look in his story, he was a part of some really horrific issues. There was one time when Stephen was being stoned, and all the leaders put their coats right at his feet. He was a witness to this. He was on the wrong side of the scenario, seeing a man be killed and murdered right in front of you. And he did more than that. He tortured Christians. He had passions. He had a lot of reasons to say, time out, God. I am not qualified. I am not qualified. I don't deserve this. I've done too much wrong in my life. I've done too much wrong. But God says, no, I'm gonna choose you. I'm gonna choose you. Look at what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Say new creation. The old has passed away. Behold. Say behold. Behold. Behold, The new has come. Sometimes I think you have to remind yourself. You know what? That's old, Sean. That's my old life. Behold. God is at. He's doing a new thing. He's starting something new. I might have not achieved it. I might not fully be there. But God's goodness and his faith is what I can lean into to know that I will get there I was preparing this message and I was making coffee so you know you you prep the coffee and you scoop it all up and I, I sometimes prep the coffee the night before because I'm a lot more sharp so you might as well you know get while you're focused but I have one of those like stainless steel coffee mugs. It's not glass because I hate those, those warmers that you put the glass in and then like it, it kind of cooks the coffee and it changes the flavor. And I'm like, no, no, life is too short. I'm not doing that. So I have one of the stainless steel ones. If you guys don't know about the stainless steel ones, it's the way to go. However, <laughs> the stainless steel ones are tricky because you might have a little bit of coffee left over from the day before. And I filled up the the water, and I'm brewing it, and all of a sudden, has this ever happened to you? It just starts overflowing. It's mixing the old coffee with the new coffee, and it just makes a big fat mess. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? That is another picture of the reasons that we need to empty our lives. We need to say, God, I need your grace to forgive me, and I also need to forgive this person. We need to be renewed to have a new creation. And I, I, I'm so thankful. I can't believe it's, like, at the end of February. And God has just allowed us to make so much progress. Like, the lobby's done. There's all these people who pull together. We're going to have a hoedown showdown and get new carpet. Like, this is exciting. And my prayer has been this. God, as you renew the building, as you freshen up our space, the house of worship, would you freshen up and renew, remodel My spirit, man, I want to be renewed to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. And sometimes that involves messiness, messiness, grungy, dirty. We were covered in paint, scraping popcorn. It was just a filthy mess. It was interesting. My wife brought it up in in the prayer today, but we wanted to get the, the foundation of this sanctuary treated for termites. And the guy says, hey, you know, we'll need to drill through the carpet. And We didn't want to make a big mess, but he came, he came this week and he says, you know what would be better for me to treat is to actually see where the cracks in the concrete are, where the seams are, and then I can really treat those areas to stop any damage from happening from termites. And I thought, isn't that, isn't that interesting that you'd have to peel back the old And sometimes we might feel like, I don't like this feeling, God. I feel vulnerable. I feel exposed. I don't like rehashing the past. But God is saying, whoa, just hold my hand. I've got you. I'm bringing you to a new place. Help me heal you. It's my purpose that this happens, but you have to give me access to your life. Access to your past. I love this part, the next uh, verse, verse 16. Paul says, but we must hold on to the progress we've made. We must hold on to the progress we've made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. The New King James Version says, to the degree that we've already attained or Hold true to what we've attained. Or the message says, now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. Keep the progress. Keep the good that God's done in your life. But ditch the past so that you can run the race uncumbered. And here's the thing. I know you might be feeling heavy, but you have a lot to celebrate. You have so much to celebrate in your life. God has done a great work in you. Look at you, you're on Sunday, it's cold, it's dreary, you just want to like bundle up. But here you're at church. God has started a great work in your life. And I see it and I hear about it. And the youth are serving like we have so much to celebrate. So don't allow discouragement to get you stuck. (laughs) Keep the progress going. And don't compare yourself being like, man, I should be so much further along. Because we just trust God's timing. We have to trust God's timing. He will get us there. Philippians 15 says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe that God will make it plain to you. So he's saying, hey, as, as mature Christians, as spiritual Christians, People, don't get caught up in all the minor points, but really focus in on the main things. Because we all have our styles, right? We all feel like church should start on this day, at this time, that's our preference. That it should be this long in duration, that we should sing this amount of songs, and here's how we should sing. Like, we all have our flavors, right? But we could all come together and agree on the fact that Jesus is Lord. And we're going to keep our eyes on him. Verse 18, it says, For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, he's so passionate, that there are many whose conduct show that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. So he kind of shifts things, and he says, hey, here's some warnings. I'm so grieved because, like, God's heart for us is that none should perish. That's what 2 Peter says. He wants all to come to salvation, and Paul is just anguished by the thought that people would miss out on Christ. But he's saying these people are headed for destruction. So let's just be real with ourselves and ask ourselves... Here's a couple warning signs. Do you think about only things on earth? Are your, is your thought life just consumed with what you drive, with where you live, with your house, with your finances, with your stuff? Saying that is a good warning indication that you might need to begin to think about other things. Number two, are you, do you boast or brag about shameful things? And then lastly, are you only concerned about things on earth? Like is your, is your appetite for food or for fun or for pleasure or the next trip that you're gonna take or the next vacation, like are these the things that consume your thought life? Because honestly, like we are living for more than just what's here on earth. James 4 says this, just to dig it in a little deeper, (laughs) you adulterers, he says, don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy with God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of this world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Ouch. Ouch. If you live for God, not everybody is going to be your friend. And that's okay. (laughs) It's hard to be friends with everybody. Keep everybody happy. That's unrealistic. But he's saying, hey, look, if you're going to allow me access in your life, if you're going to lean on me, lean on my understanding, if you're going to obey the teachings that I give you, people will not agree with that. They will be in direct opposition with that. And the things and the worldly system. I think sometimes as Christians, we get irritated when the world looks like the world. Be like, how can they be acting like this? (laughs) It's because they're blind. They don't know any better. But we should have compassion and be praying for their eyes to be opened and for spiritual awareness to to be received. And then I love this. uh, Verse 20, finishing up this chapter. He says, we are citizens of heaven where the lord jesus christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. He says that we are citizens of heaven. This is where our allegiance should be, is in heaven it's kind of like you have a citizenship, you have a passport. (laughs) This is really your home country. This is really where you belong. I don't know if you've ever traveled overseas. I love, I love traveling. I love different cultures. And one time I was in um, Belgium for Thanksgiving and it was so strange. (laughs) It was so odd because people were not celebrating the way that they ought. (laughs) There was no turkeys. No pumpkin pie, no stuffing. I says, what kind of country is this? <laughs> you need to understand what Thanksgiving's about. And I was in this pub, and I think I had, like, shepherd's pie. And I'm like, this is the weirdest Thanksgiving ever. <clears throat> just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. It felt odd. There's another time that we were in Asia, in Thailand, and it was Super Bowl Sunday, right? Go Chiefs. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Go, Anyways, it was so weird Like number one, it was really early in the morning It was like 8 in the morning And I walked down to the hotel And every, it's just life is normal It's like Monday It's like, what is going on? And even on my television at the hotel room The Super Bowl's not on There's like this one American restaurant that had the Super Bowl And I'm like, so weird It's so bizarre And I think about, you know what? There's a reason why it's weird for us sometimes as Christians not to feel like we fit in. I, uh, I was hearing a story of my Bible pastor, my Bible instructor, my professor. He was talking about just one, one point in his life where he was really discouraged. He had some people that were dealing with some sickness and just some struggles and just fears. And he was just praying to God. He's like, why does it seem like life is so hard? Why is it so hard? Why does it feel like such a grind? And he shared God's response. He says, it's because you were never designed to live here. Isn't that interesting? Like we were never designed to live in a habitat of sin, in a world of sin. So it's okay to feel odd because nowhere in scriptures does it say that we have this dual citizenship, where we're citizens of the world and also citizens of heaven. No, we're, we're like spiritual beings. We, we, we're more spiritual. Sometimes it feels like we're, we're human with a spirit. But really it says that he's going to take these weak mortal bodies. Who can say amen to that? <laughs> I got one of those, right? <laughs> he's going to take that body and give you a new body. So it's more like you're a spirit with a body than a body with a spirit. You, you're more than just who you look like. You're more than just who you see in the mirror. Yeah. You're more than just those wrinkles starting to form and those spots <laughs> starting to happen. Right? You young people don't know anything about that, but it's coming. It's coming, and you'll be like, yes. Yes. There's some people that are like, you know what, Sean, I know what you're talking about. I am ready to go home. I yearn for heaven. I, it's like I have more friends on that side of eternity than I have now. I've, I've just grieved and I've gone to so many funerals and I'm just, I'm just longing to go home. Praise God. He's still got you here for a reason. I'm not, I'm not sure what that is, but keep Pressing forward. Keep forgiving. Stop reliving. Don't get stuck in the past. Um, The band can come up. But just in recapping, this is just a powerful piece of advice that Paul gives us. And I want to say that I wouldn't be surprised if this week, maybe you're feeling right now like, ooh, these three people are just coming to mind. Sean's hitting it or throughout this week situations might pop up what that is is that's God's invitation to you to say I'm ready to heal that I'm ready to help you through that will you trust me with that situation would you trust me with that pain would you have the boldness to say you know what I freely release this person They did me wrong. They hurt me. They caused pain and years of anguish. But right now, today, I don't want to carry this bag. I'm done. I'm done with that. Or, you know what? This might be a wake-up call and says, "I'm, I'm not where I need to be in my walk with God. I have some people to forgive. I need to get things right. Or maybe, you know what? I... It's time for me to start doing something because I do feel like all I'm consumed with is my stuff, my life, my portfolio, my kingdom. I wanna be about God's kingdom. And that's as easy as just saying, God, show me where you're at work. It's as simple as that, show me where you're at work. I tell you what, I, I hear my daughter coming back from youth and I hear what God speaks to her and I'm like, God's at work there. And I see these kids, and they're so excited about kids' church. And they love hearing the Bible stories. And I'm like, God's at work there. And through small group and Bible study and the ways that we connect throughout this week, maybe even some silly cowboy party we're going to have tonight. <laughs> God's at work. Or maybe your heart is in another nonprofit or another organization. Praise God. Do something. Go beyond Sunday. You can start doing something, investing in God's kingdom now, today. So wherever you're at, I just pray that you would have the courage, that you'd have the strength to peel back the layers and say, God, I need need healing. I need your help. I miss this person. I'm lonely. I'm discouraged. I feel stuck. And if that's you, we would love to pray with you. There'll be people all the way through this aisle, and you can come up. There's no shame, there's no judgment. This is a safe place. But today, just like we're going to rip up this old carpet, it's so crazy that this is the Sunday that I'm preaching this message. Maybe God wants to rip up some stuff in your life, too. And that's exciting. That is exciting. So you can sit, you can stand. We're going to play a worship song. Um, But again, if you need prayer, we're going to be up here for, for prayer.